This is the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. My name is Sarah Jefford and I'm a surrogate and a surrogacy lawyer. In this episode, I had the absolute pleasure of listening to Costa tell his story. And as you'll see, I didn't actually need to do much talking at all. I'm going to hand straight over to Costa. Um, you won't need the tissues, but you will be grinning from ear to ear by the end of this one. Here's Costa. Hey, Sarah. My name is Costa Lukopoulos and uh, my partner is Gaithel Budry. And uh, I um, have been a teacher, educator for a long time and uh, was born in Australia, uh, grew up in Sydney, uh, but from Greek parents. And they were born in the same village um, and uh, kind of lived across, not kind of, lived across the street from each other and uh, always knew each other. So there's this sense in my family of, of absolute closeness and both mum and dad's side of the family all know each other, related, you know, uh, neighbours, friends. Our family has always been tightly knit, not just, um, you know, it's mum's family and dad's, it's, it's all one family. Uh, but because the village is so small, we've always seen friends of, of the family as, as relos too. You, we've always had that village mentality, even though mum and dad migrated to Australia, became Australians, loved being Australians, etc. And my partner, Gaith, is from Baghdad in Iraq. Um, and has a huge family and uh, a very, very, a family that respects very much their lineage and know their lineage back hundreds of years and speak about their, their family in so much respect and know each other well, very well, and support each other heavily. As, as is the case with many old cultures, they become collectivist and realise the importance of community. So we're, we're, we were destined to meet Gaith and I, <laughs> and we were destined to get together <laughs> because even though he's Iraqi and my cultural heritage is Australian Greek, um, we both get what it means to just need to help mum today because she just needs help. And um, you need to kind of sometimes take a day off work just to sit with mum or you just got to go over and do the vacuuming every Sunday and it doesn't mean anything and, and all that sort of stuff that we all... Um, get but we don't understand it's important to the other person's family too sometimes and it's it's been really lovely with Gaith to get he gets how to work with my family and I with his and, and so we've merged so it was kind of like natural that we started talking about kids and at first we we talk about it like a pipe dream like oh wouldn't it just be wonderful like we've got so much to do, you know, you know, you've, you're a doctor, I'm an educator, and Gaith was an obstetrician in, in, in Baghdad, um, and ended up also um, delivering our daughter <laughs> um, in Canada. And so we, we spoke about all these amazing things, and we'd go out on dates, and we'd go to the theatre and go, oh, if we had a child, she'd love that theme, that theme would be amazing, we'd love to talk to her, and everything, we just kind of felt that we wanted to have a child. It wasn't that our relationship was lacking. It's that we had so much to give. And we felt we'd reached a point in our lives where financially, emotionally, and relationships-wise, we could explore it. And we started researching. That was about five years ago. And we started researching, thinking this is not possible, actually. It was just a pipe dream still. And we just found out people actually do do things like surrogacy and that it's doable and that there are other families. And 
we knew there were other families that had had kids, but we thought it was often, you know, like a sister kindly had a child for a couple who couldn't. And um, those beautiful altruistic stories were what we thought maybe we might have access to, but we found out that it was a much bigger community than we thought. And we started to access the Australian community, of course, through Facebook and social media and started to turn up to meetings and cafe kind of pub meetings and realised there were other people like us all over the place and they weren't same-sex couples only. They were couples and they were singles and there were other people who loved kids and wanted to have kids for their sake. And we fell in love with those people too and felt at home with them. And way led to way, I think, and uh, this really amazing Australian surrogate um, helped us a lot and talked to us about um, what's possible and, and talked to us about altruistic surrogacy um, in Australia and suggested that it was available in Canada as well and suggested we could attend conferences. And we were just like, oh my God, there are conferences on this and there are, there are actual lawyers who, who allocate themselves to it and this whole new world opened up. So we spent a couple of years almost um, really reading, meeting and grounding ourselves and we decided to go with a surrogacy journey in Canada and the reason why we decided Canada is because we felt that a lot of the bookkeeping the finances and all of those things to do with supporting um, the surrogate uh, with her journey towards um, having our child were really um, managed at that time um, beyond us and in a way that was third party and therefore would have had integrity uh, which would allow us to be free to have the journey and that that distance as well would have allowed us to communicate with more of um, an appreciation of each other um, and we did communicate and continue to communicate regularly and that we could visit etc etc um, we were so keen to stay in Australia though but there are a couple of things that scared us a little bit uh, one of them is that Government opinion uh, was changing, uh, it was being debated, um, and things weren't as secure here legally and, and in terms of the government as they were in Canada. It was a much more liberal government. Surrogacy had been around for a while. Things were a bit more established. And we just thought, this bed has to be made well. Uh, this kind of has to have uh, much more clarity than what we were seeing in Australia. So it was a bit of a morning that we chose Canada because we ultimately would have loved to have stayed here. So we ended up in Canada. Um, we um, started kind of getting, I suppose, cold feet suddenly because once we committed, we went, oh, we're actually going to do this. We're, we've got to create embryos. And then a whole lot of other ethical things came up that we thought we covered. And uh, Gaith and I put, a, put breaks on 
to discuss them again. And we, again, thought it wasn't going to be possible because we thought, well, what happens if we create eight embryos and only use four? What do we do with the other two? And at that time, we didn't know it was possible you could re-donate them um, to other couples. Um, or, um, and therefore, you didn't have to destroy your embryos, which we thought would have been awful when there was so much need. Um, in the world and so many couples who maybe wouldn't be able to create embryos. Um, so we went forward and we met Stephanie, who um, is Pan's surrogate mum, and Pan is our daughter now, and we've had her for five months. And she, um, she didn't come into our lives. We went into hers. Um, she completely... Uh, gave us more perspective and has been educating us ever since. And uh, we uh, feel like at the moment we're of service and to her. But ultimately what she did as, as Stephanie was um, creating her, and Stephanie likes to say, I, I made her and kept her for you for nine months and then returned her to you. Um, I am her champion. I am her best friend. Um, uh, which is really beautiful, uh, but she's also her surrogate mum. So in that time that Stephanie was with Pan and developing Pan and, and going doing the hard yards and, and being her surrogate mum, we got to discuss at length parenting with Stephanie. And Stephanie um, didn't fall pregnant immediately and we became really good friends as we spoke and spoke. And then Stephanie had a bit of an accident. She fell down the stairs in her um, home and she hit her head and it looked like it wasn't going to happen at all because Stephanie wasn't well. And the role switched. We stopped calling Stephanie because it was for us um, and our baby and and it was us supporting Stephanie. So it wasn't Stephanie supporting us. It was us supporting Stephanie now. And it really deepened the relationship and it got us to realise that surrogacy is not just about having babies. It's about building a narrative for your child and having an extra champion for your child and that you bring into your life this amazing soul, this amazing human being who's willing to have a, build a baby, create a baby for you and be in that baby's life for, for the rest of her life. And we learnt a lot from that and we slowed down and we took our time and, and worked even harder on the relationship and we had such a good time. We, of course, Stephanie got better. Stephanie got pregnant. Stephanie um, had mostly a great journey. Towards the end, she ended up having to have bed rest um, and we left early for Canada and we lived together in Stephanie's home and we did that last month together and then we lived together after Pan's birth and we did Stephanie's first uh, month and a half together. Uh, did And so, sorry, and so Pan kind of has all these shots of St. Patrick's Day with all of us in onesies with... Um, shamrocks and pictures of us going to uh, restaurants 
for lunch to treat ourselves because we hadn't slept all night and um, amazing stories because now everyone in the neighbourhood found out about Pan and started to visit to see how Stephanie was, but they got to hug Pan. And so Pan has a community of photos. Um, her first place was a diner that couldn't wait to see her. Um, and so a diner, like as in a restaurant, um, who the owners couldn't wait to see her because we'd all decided it would be the first cool place that she would go to once she left home uh, for the first time. In Greek and Iraqi culture, where you visit for the first time is important. Uh, you take lots of photos and show the child this is the first time you ever left home. We, we also decided together that we would call Pan our little lioness, that we noticed, you know, people would say, you know, she's a princess. And we thought, no, she's not. This one's a little tough cookie. This one was created in Canada. She's got parents in Australia. She's got a village, a whole town of people that know her. She's got her surrogate mum, Champion. And then in Australia, she's got her Greek grandma who, you know, lost my dad and kind of um, filled her life suddenly with this new... Um, little addition to the family who, when she came to Australia, um, broke her heart. And so Gaith and I realised that Pan is her own individual already. She's not even speaking, she's not even walking, but she's puppeteering in the nicest of ways, all of our hearts, and we all stand by her. And... There's nothing more beautiful than I can think of, of that. And I think all kids get that naturally, you know, the ones that are born out of surrogacy. But in surrogacy, we begin by opening ourselves up to the world and we create a narrative from there. And therefore we begin from a sense of the community, your champions, a sense of this is the community of love that made you. And even on contracts, on every document, every photograph, there are more than one person and there are words that reflect that. Nothing is cold or medical or plainly um, um, disrespectful of a process that creates a human being. If anything, they all scaffold what is her story. And so we... we wanted to get her lots of books and stuff as she's growing up to read and, and continue to enrich that and found, you know what, there isn't much out there. Uh, there's some stuff that's pretty procedural, um, you know, um, and it's, it's great stuff for kids in terms of... Um, I have two dads, one cooks and the other. And it's, it's, it's lovely, but I think we're missing in the narratives for children the magic of the love that is in surrogacy. And we are missing the idea of the unicorns and the rainbows and the unity. Um, and so uh, I've got a really good friend who's an artist and we've... Uh, promised each other we're going to have a meeting soon. I've started writing um, Pan's books about East and West getting together because Gaith reads from left to right and I read from right to left. <laughs> and we're going to have a children's book that goes both ways and Pan's in the middle. 
And we'll start there. And uh, we just want to make sure that Pan feels no shame for any part of her story. So there'll be a series of little books that we'll read to her regularly. And I think the next one will be about the community of love in Canada. Maybe the one after that, the community of love that informed us in Australia and continues to support us here. There's so much to say to her about surrogacy and there is nothing for her to be ashamed of in surrogacy. And so Gaith and I also thought about our language and we noticed that people would often ask us, where's the mother? And if they were asking that of us in a nice way, uh, we would say, oh, she's a surrogate. She's in Canada and she speaks to her regularly and, and she's a wonderful human being. And we open a conversation. If the, con if the question comes from a bad place, we usually just say, oh, look, she's no longer with us as a bit of a lesson <laughs> as to the way you ask your questions and what you're doing around our daughter. Um, something we won't be able to say for long because um, as Pan grows, we've re realised our positive language is more important. So we've started to say, Pan has two great dads. Pan has a wonderful mum in Canada. Pan is a very lucky girl. She has a community of love around her. And I think what I kind of want to say to you finally is Pan is a really lucky girl. She has come to a home that so deeply wanted her, like most children. But because she's a surrogate child, it was a hard journey. It was a very hard journey. And all of us do not regret a single moment. It was intense, continues to be intense, tiring, exhausting, but the most wonderful intensity, the most wonderful tiring, the most wonderful thing. Thank God, Pan is here. Goodness me. Wow. Um, I've just sat here for the last 20 minutes with the biggest smile on my face. That is the most lovely story and really, I think, explores the complexity but also the amazingness that is surrogacy when we do it right. Wow, thank you. Can you talk yeah. to me a bit more about perhaps, I guess, what was yours and Gaith's thinking about trying to get it right? Did you have, like, um, rules and standards for yourselves when you were exploring surrogacy, particularly overseas and in Canada? Oh, my God, Sarah, that's a really good question because those rules, yes, we did have rules and standards by which we had to do it. And we were tempted often to go past them, um, to get to our end point, to get a baby. But we were clear that we were not going to have twins, twin embryos transferred, for example. We were clear that if the child um, ended up having any um, uh, deformities, etc. that we were still going to go through with it. Uh, we were determined about a lot of things, um, but also we were determined that we would stand by our surrogate, our friend now, and I call her my sister. We call her our sister. So yeah, our sister, Stephanie. We would stand by her. And we could have very easily said, you know, Stephanie, look, you've fallen down the stairs. You've hit your head. Uh, we'll see how you go. We'll go find another surrogate, though. And I'm pleased we had those 
standards by which we had to abide because they allowed us, as we walked into the dark a bit, uh, gave us the guidance to stay with that narrative we were creating for Pan and to kind of say to her, this is the model by which maybe you should live your life too, the way we created you, that you need to have your own ethical standards that are created by, you know, <laughs> that are informed by your community, by your upbringing, by your culture, by a range of things, but are your standards. And you need to be aware of them as you go through things like surrogacy that you walk into and don't know. And let's face it, surrogacy and all childbirth and child rearing is an ethical minefield. Um, I know as an educator and Gaith knows as, a, as an, an ex-obstetrician. Um, so to cut a long story short, yeah, uh, definitely we sat down and sometimes we would call each other up on it too. Um, as you got tired or as things got a little bit too difficult, we had to really support each other. And it was lovely that we had had all those discussions before and that we had done the, that research and those discussions and we, we hadn't just gone in quickly. And I kind of feel a bit of an obligation now to return to the community and to continue talking about it and to continue to share information, both to continue to learn as the dad of a child born through surrogacy, but also to help other people going into the, into the world of surrogacy to kind of understand what altruistic surrogacy is, how important it is to have ethics, to understand what the law says as well, and to try and, and stick by what you know is right and not to second-guess yourself. If you were talking to intended parents that are perhaps feeling a bit overwhelmed by the options and even maybe the lack of options, what would your advice be to them? Uh, um, well, I am continuing to speak to intended parents and, and the first thing I say is how wonderful that Australia is getting uh, more and more uh, savvy, open, communicative, organised um, options are so much clearer here, I think, than when I first started. And maybe that's because I've become more savvy, not because surrogacies and its processes in Australia. I don't know. But I would say, have a look at Australia first, because this is kind of where we live. And um, the surrogate mum will be closer, will be um, available uh, to your child. Um, you will be available to the surrogate mum immediately should you need all of those really important things um, as the journey continues from the pregnancy onwards. But if you leave Australia, then have a good look at what is that narrative. And I think where you begin is uh, you do need to talk to a lawyer. Um, even though we read the Surrogacy Act um, in New South Wales, and even though we um, went to a lawyer and even though I approached my employer even and began to explore leave, I found that even after the birth of Pan that these definitions were not clear in my society. So getting a passport for Pan, for example, was not as easy as I thought because they wanted uh, Stephanie to sign for Pan's passports until she was 18. 
Um, but Stephanie had said that that's not what she wanted to do. Now, because I still have contact with Stephanie and she's my sister and we're close, I've been able to work with Stephanie to get Pan an Australian passport very easily. It just took longer. Now, if I didn't have that relationship, um, Pan would not have had an Australian passport um, or at least, uh, yeah, no, she wouldn't have had an Australian passport. So that would have been um, something that I didn't think of before. So I would say really, really talk more, keep talking to as many people as you can and attend um, information evenings, attend conferences, get on social media. There are groups out there, but understand the audience of each of those things. Um, a conference will have a particular audience. It'll have sponsors, it, it will have uh, a, a particular um, foci. Have a look at all of those. Um, a, a special group that's presenting will be either from a particular country or a particular clinic or whatever. Understand where they're coming from and which audience they're aiming at. And if you're going to a group, uh, so for example, a Facebook group, understand it's a public group and that not everyone on that group is, is like you or possibly even an intended parent. Um, go in in a guarded way, go in to get information, go in ethically and go in to find out how to be ethical, um, I say, because it's the story of your child you're creating. Thank you to you as well, Sarah, for the work that you do. You have been doing these podcasts. You've been writing about how to um, navigate surrogacy in Australia. You've been assisting couples in the most amazing way. And that doesn't just assist us as, as people looking for surrogates or surrogates looking for intended parents. What it does is it creates uh, a community that destigmatizes surrogacy for our children. So that when they go to school, it's just normal to say, yeah, I've got a mummy and daddy. I've got two daddies or a mummy and a daddy and a champion surrogate mum. Do you know what I mean? And everyone won't blink. Every time we work together to do something like that, we're doing something for that next generation who um, deserve to have equity. They're not second-class citizens. They deserve the same rights, love, openness everywhere in our community. So I suppose what I want to say is thank you, Sarah, for leading the way. It's really appreciated. You're very generous. Thank you. That's not what I was after, but I'll, I'll leave that <laughs> in the recording. <laughs> thank Dude, you, Costa, for chatting with me. And um, I think that's, that's amazing. It's so good to hear such a positive story, I think even as an antidote, but also as a lesson for people going forward. Thank you. Such a wonderful experience. We're going back to bottles and Bonagella now. Yes. Good luck with that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about surrogacy, you can have a look at my website at sarahjefford.com. You can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram, and you can listen to more podcasts on the website or on Apple Podcasts.